For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Canada Day, Blue Jays fans. We are here, Jaybird watching. Adam Corsair, Brendan Panikar, and myself, Craig Borden, hosting this week. Fellas, how's the holiday treating you so far? I know a couple of us are stateside, but hey, why the hell not? We're Blue Jays fans, you know. And uh, apparently um, the Blue Jays Twitterverse has given us honorary uh, Canadian citizenship, Adam. Is that sound right? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. I know Brendan's been calling it for a while, but <laughs> I've been calling that for a while though. You guys are definitely honorary Canadians. So yesterday was your holiday as well. As long as I get to partake in Saturday's holiday for, for you guys of course. on the fourth of July. Oh, no, of course. Game on. We, 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 on our side of the board we just light things on fire and drink a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, burgers and dogs. That's it. Cheeseburgers. That's fair. Hey, we're we're so, doing burgers on uh, on Saturday for dinner. So there. Fit right nice. in. Nice. There you go. There you go. Perfect. So Brent, I mean Adam, I think you need to mention a little bit about your spe- special candidate you had in Rhode <laughs> Island. Just for the fact that you we shared you shared actually the, the uh, wonderful ensemble you were wearing up all red and white the other day. And you had a very specific meal that I think you need to, you know, back up that whole idea of you being now a Canadian citizen inadvertently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, my wife and I, we make this a thing every year. Ever since we started dating, which was, what was this, 13 years ago, every July 1st, we're like, yo, I told her, I was like, yo, we have to celebrate Canada Day. And obviously, being a young buck that she was, she didn't know what Canada Day was, so I had to educate her. I'm like, no, we, we have just to just like watch. you did on Joe Carter. We get, we're all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to watch the Blue Jays, right? Yeah. It, although there oh, was no man. Blue Jays live game to watch, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, we have to watch the Blue Jays. We have to makeshift some poutine. We have to have some uh, tortilla, and we have to uh, drink some blues. That's that's the name of the game here on Canada Day. And every year, that's what we do. She makes a bomb poutine straight. We we cut up the, the russet potatoes fresh. We fry them up. We get the cheese curds from the deli. There uh, she, you go. She makes a, a homemade beef gravy for, for the uh, poutine. Um, tortilla, she does the uh, the ground beef and the ground pork with the mashed potatoes inside. It's basically a meat pie. I know it's a Christmas thing, but here we'll just have it whenever we can. I know Canada, it's a Christmas thing. Um yeah. And we we rock blues, dude. And every year, that's what we do to celebrate Canada Day. I was telling her, my wife and I celebrate Canada Day harder than we do the Fourth of July. So take that for <laughs> you. And we live in the states. Um, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
ex- extend the uh, the honorary Canadian uh, grant <laughs> I've given you to your family, Mr. Corsair. I have not appeared to all three of you. <laughs> so we know the little will. ones already had Blue Jay jerseys already. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she most certainly had. And that's why yesterday uh, I picked, I think it was 2014 Brewers at Toronto. Uh, Toronto won that game 4-1. to one. I was like, I can't go a day without, can't go Canada day without watching a, a Jays game. So I, I put on a flashback and I was like, this is, this is better than nothing. So there you if, go. If, there we go. If I, if I remember correctly, Drew Hutchison pitched that day against Marco Estrada, right? He did. And uh, Bautista came <laughs> back. All the things. That was his first game back. I want to say in eight games in his first at bat, he had a home run. Marco. Yep. <laughs> uh, Estrada. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 It was great. Uh, Joey Bats needs no warm up. <laughs> it was crazy seeing uh, players like uh, who was on that squad. Uh, Reyes was there at the time. Rasmus was there, and I was just oh Brent man. Uh, he yeah, didn't play Brent that Lurie. game. He wasn't playing that <laughs> no. game. Um, um, well, shocking. He was probably hurt from diving yeah. in the stands or pounding ten red balls. Before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who was catching? Was it Deonor or was it Eric Kratz? Oh, I think it was Kratz, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. <laughs> it might have been right? Buck. Hold on. You know what? That's a good question. I He's was Googling. I was like five beers deep, dude, at that point. So uh yeah, but anyways, it, it was it was a great day. And you know, I, I know I'm not Canadian and I know it's weird for someone of my ilk to be watching uh you know, reruns of Blue Jays that game. It was Deonor Navarro, by the way. Uh okay. reruns of Blue Jays Jays, Jays games and you know, celebrating the holiday, but, you know, being a diehard Jays fan, Raptors fan, and being inundated with the Canadian sports culture at the very least, um, it's the least I can do, and I'm proud to do it. So there you go. Happy Canada Day. Belated. Yeah. So before I segue into Canada Day moments, which it sounds like you already made one, <laughs> um, I unfortunately didn't have as much fun because I was stuck working late. You were working. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have as much fun. We unfortunately had a customer coming in on, you know, today. So I only had so much time to get my job done before they came and signed off on everything. Mm. <laughs> so, so, but don't worry. I remember kind of drinking enough of these. I don't remember go. all. <laughs> so anyways, when are we going to get Labats to sponsor the show, apparently? <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. We should tag him. Hashtag Buffalo. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> Boom. There it is. I'm going to reply to the story, to the video, and tell him to hashtag. I, yeah, you know what? When I'm on hashtag video next free week. advertising. <laughs> when I'm on video next week, I will buy a Labats just for the recording, and I will there bring it. There we go. There we go. All three of us do Good. that. I think we got some traction. Get, get some deuce deuce ices. <laughs> Uh, so fellas, I guess I'm going to tee this one up to Mr. Panikar first. There's been plenty of good moments that have happened on Canada Day for Toronto Blue Jays. I know you've been at plenty of ball games and whatnot right around the ballpark on Canada Day. Um, what ones stand out to you guys? You, Brendan, first. I'll be honest. I'm going to pull up the box score for this one. Uh, I'm going to say 2015 was a really, really good Canada Day, um, especially the result of the game as well i'm gonna pull this up just to make sure i have everything correct but what i do remember because trust me the tequila shot started as soon as the bar opened on canada day and it, which is at uh, what time for us americans <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was early but um it was on a wednesday as well so uh, just yesterday five years ago but uh, justin smoke 
hit two home runs that day, one from each side of the plate. That's right. Uh, wow. And, yeah. That yeah. was a good one. And it was one of those years, you know how Rick Porcello is on in an, e- an, an odd number or off. He's on, on an even year. <laughs> yeah, he's on an evens. This was a Rick Porcello start. Porcello went two innings and gave up seven earned runs. So by the time it went to the top of the third, the Blue Jays were already up seven to nothing on the Red Sox. <laughs> And Mark and Burley is. pitched that day and yes. went seven innings as well. So that, that was mine. I was there. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, and then afterwards went out and partied and regretted it the next day when I had to go into work. <laughs> For the sake of your liver, it might have been a good thing those two were on the mound. Is both of those guys are notoriously quick pitchers. Yeah. I think it was <laughs> he, didn't spend so, he didn't blow all your paycheck at the ball so, game, at least. <laughs> I, I'm on the box score for this on MLB.com slash game day or whatever. And the game time, despite being an 11 to 2 score, the time of the game was only two hours and 19 minutes. So it was fast for a high scoring game. That sounds oh, like wow. a burly start. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's, that's course, it for me. Yeah. So, Mr. Corsair, is there any games you remember watching or attending? on Canada Day that stood up stood out to you? Oh yeah. Yes. And my wife would kill me if she heard this and she didn't uh <laughs> she knew I didn't mention this. Uh July first, obviously two thousand thirteen, it was a Monday, Detroit Tigers at Toronto. We were there and that day we got engaged at the CN Tower on the glass floor. Um Ooh. oh yeah Ooh, dude, there it is. dude I was so nervous that entire game. <laughs> uh we were sitting third baseline and at the time, I was kind of like a Laurie fan because everybody's a Brett Laurie fan at the time. And, of course, yep. he's hurt. So I bought these tickets like four rows away from third base. Be like, yeah, I'm going to be right near Laurie. Nope, because he's hurt. Um, <laughs> it was an R.A. Dickey game, and the Blue Jays actually won this 8-3. to three. Um, it, it was just one of those days where the roof was open, but it was maybe a chance of rain. It was kind of gray uh, skies. But just the impact, it was the only Canada Day game I was fortunate enough to go to. Just the impact of hearing that crowd sing, oh, Canada, the giant Canadian flag. It was just just goosebumps. And you can tell there's a difference. Um, and I'm American. I can sort of say this. There's a difference in, in patriotism when it comes to Americans and Canadians. Canadians, their, their patriotism is, is much more uh, graceful. And Americans' patriotism is much more aggressive. Right. And and you can just tell that the, the Canadians in the crowd were just really ha- proud to be part of that moment, even if it was just a, a ball game. And at the end of the day, it's just a game. Yeah. But I was just it was one of those games that I'll never forget. Got engaged to my wife that that night. And uh, it was a great, great day. Great day. I'm surprised you remember the ball game after all that celebrating. Oh, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> That's why he's only talking about the moment, not the game. Just the moment. Just the beginning. And then we're just chugging. They had like the, I don't know if they still have it, the the Bud Light stands where the beer fills from the bottom. Oh, and I was like, oh, what, is yeah, this, yeah, yeah. what is this wizardry that I'm watching? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Those yeah. are so cool to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic story about those crazy beers. We were uh, down in Clearwater, Florida for a family vacation one night, and uh, we went to a Dedean Blue Jays game, and they served those beers. My dad's sitting there playing with a magnet on the bottom of the beer. All of a sudden, (laughs) I didn't even spill it. What the hell? (laughs) Because it came out, a little seal thing at the bottom. Yeah. uh, But it's good stuff. But, guys, I have one for you that I was actually not 
I was not at the Canada Day game, but I was at the day, the day after. I was in the city limits, but I couldn't get a ticket to the ball game because, you know, I showed up last minute because I didn't know I was <laughs> even going to be home to travel to Canada for that uh, weekend. And it was the um, 2011 reappearance of Roy Halladay coming back mm, for the first time. Uh, yes. I made it a point if I was going to be home from, you know, my job at the time from El Paso, Texas, that I was going to go to that game whatever day that Roy Halladay pitched. Um, and saw his return ovation and everything. And then what, uh, I think it was about the fifth inning, Jose Bautista takes a deep off the windows restaurant. Yep. Of all places, you know, literally like it, one of do remember that, Jose yeah. Bautista's epic <laughs> home runs. <laughs> remember, of, uh, remember what else happened that game? Yeah, that was the one that was it. Oh, fuck. Was, that was the one Gibbons almost killed one of our relievers. He was restrain, restraining him. <laughs> John, John Roush. Roush. And, yes. John, and John Farrell, right? When John Farrell was still managing. That's right. It was uh, Farrell. They, it, Farrell tried to get it back, and Roush just, just like toss him around like a rag doll. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was all the way up in like as far as I could be on the lower level in those weird sections where it kind of like starts to wrap up like to, you know, because it's out of room in the arena <laughs> on the lowest level. Like you walk down like the, the weird long hallway after you come from the one congregation point down the third baseline. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's going like where the outfield wall meets third baseline and everything like that. So we were like all the way back there and we were like, Oh my God, you could still see him throwing Farrell all over the place, even from that far away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and by the way, even from where I was sitting, that looked like a goddamn strike. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. <laughs> uh, but, fellas, candidate stuff aside now that we've talked about that, I guess we're going to segue a little bit into some of these guys we've been talking about here. Unfortunately, as baseball is returning at the major league level, it is now official. Minor league baseball is toast. I knew we knew this was coming, but it was one of those things that was never really fully said. And I don't know if anybody is following baseball Twitter, period, but the minor league accounts on Twitter are having a holiday <laughs> trying to one-up each other on saying why they were the best undefeated team of the season <laughs> and things like that. I was telling you guys a story that the Great Lakes loons from the Midwest League called dibs on the championship and got into an argument with other teams like the Lansing Lugnuts on why they should have been back and forth. It was very dumb and dumber-esque when they were arguing about who was it and wasn't it. <laughs> so, but... I think that news, fellas, has some uh, inverse good things that possibly could come to the Blue Jays roster. Which one of you would like to tee that piece up first? I'll take it. Um, <laughs> it does give them the players that were otherwise going to probably stay in the minor leagues uh, a chance. Right? It gives them a pretty good chance to to be on this roster. I know this expanded 60-player roster slash taxi squad it's kind of weird. It's kind of uh, unconventional. But at the same time, it does give them a shot. And if you're not on it, you kind of don't have a shot, right? Yeah. So so if you're on it, you're gracious enough to to be part of that because anything can happen at that point. Mm -hmm. um, it is just also unfortunate for those that didn't make that roster in which now, what are you going to do? But as we mentioned last week, the Blue Jays have committed to paying the, those players anyway until September. So. Um, yep. it just, it gives them an opportunity to showcase their talents and you have to, you have to admire that. Tim Tebow could make the Mets guys just saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that. That's, that would be awesome. <laughs> so, and I think that's a whole nother conversation wrap the show up with that. I meant to actually ask for how the 
season is going to with we'll the universe of the DH and the man on second uh, kind of stuff. We'll talk about that too. But guys, the 60-man roster that the Blue Jays have assembled here that we've been chit-chatting about a little bit is kind of deep and epic to a point. I know it's a lot of could-bees and would-bees and should-bees maybe. But there's a lot of guys that are established leaguers out here and a lot of guys that we're expecting some really, really high hopes from. And this and goes down to the fact that we're hopefully going to get what we get out of Reese McGuire as a backup catcher. Alejandro Kirk, as far as, uh, you know, Major other teams, other, other names, I mean, on this, and Caleb Joseph is on the right, and Riley Adams is a catcher, so I didn't even think Riley Adams has played enough games collectively at the minor league level to beat out somebody like Max Pentecost for something like this, but I heard that Pentecost might be actually hanging up, but that's a rumor, I think, at this point. So, in the midst of that, that's the thing, I think that looking at those five players there that are projected to be our catching unit for the 60-man roster, I think shows this, like, complete weird blend that we have going on with the minor league system stuff. Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's deep when you look at the, just the position, my position thing, especially the catcher spot. We have two guys who we were thinking going into spring training 1.0, I'll call it. Between Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire, we're going to fight it out for the lion's share where it's behind the plate when the season started. And I think we were thinking 60% Danny Jansen and 40% Reese McGuire. I think it allows, it's great for development. Like, you're going to get guys like Alejandro Kirk and Riley Adams working out with guys who will be on the 25-man and the 40-man. And just be around them is going to help. So, even though if it happens, I'm still skeptical that we are going to see baseball on opening day. Day, July 23rd, they can take it a I'm still skeptical of that, but if it does and happen and these guys are working out with them, I just think embrace the season so of weirdness here, as long as people are, are, are healthy, I suppose. It feels so weird health, saying that, but um, this is a very, is very underrated positive about what has happened when it comes to baseball. Some of the names on here are not super giddy about seeing that they made it. We can dive into some of the ones later, but just in terms of the catchers, seeing Alejandro Kirk and Riley Adams there. It's exciting. Alejandro Kirk has a bat that's sneaky enough that could be a DH. It's kind of intriguing, though. I mean, and they can learn from the Because that's where his game needs to improve, very similar to how Danny Jansen needs to improve on the But we I have a strange feeling right now that somebody like Kirk back it wouldn't be a problem. But like where yeah. you put him at this point and when we more or less could have a revolving door at DH those people should make a trip maybe it's not Michigan. the worst thing in the world to have him on that Kentucky, extended you know but Illinois, he's going to have to do some serious work during this training camp session to be able to and engineers probably and break past anything and do the actual playing roster of We're what 38 players more hourly workers than any the 40 man or whatever to begin with and they because we build for this yeah I, and then I can't remember off the top of my head, but either way, eventually it doesn't really boil now, down to the normal 25 man Cardinal roster. I know Cardinal fans want Dylan Carlson to be the left deadline. fielder, and I'm actually with <laughs> the, the Cardinal last fans. Week of August, I after right. watching the 21 year old 26 last home runs, double A and triple A yeah. last year, steal 20 so, bags. But I talked but, to a member of the Cardinals front office yesterday. He told me right now the outfield will be O'Neill and left, Bader in center, Fowler in right, Ryan Thomas will be the fourth outfielder. Uh, Carson struggled a little bit at the, the end of you know, spring training 1-0 after getting off to a fast start. 
Sounds Plus like the to fact me, that he's obviously going somebody's going to get hurt and anything like that. The one thing that does alarm me on this call is it's really alarming to see the Blue we'll Jays quote-unquote outfield that. death on a piece of paper. In terms of the closer, Giovanni Gallegos is expected to be the closer for them after watching what he did last year with a 2 3 one ERA, 127 strikeouts, 105 and 2 thirds you understand that. And to put it in perspective for those sabermetric people, his ex-Roba in the 97th percentile Roster right down to the ground. Adam, who are you picking for your outfit? Both of the defending Super Bowl champs needed more weapons. The Me? Of DJ like, yes, pers- okay, personally, pers- who is your team? <laughs> uh, for my outfield, I would start definitely with America's most awarded network. Goriel, obviously, you have to go with Goriel. Um, this network is one great show just because of the contract. You know, he's going to be there. Um, theoretically, have they signed Martin? Theoretically, I think it's hard to tell starting at $35. Because everyone is the best. One of these guys is Bill Wright. Only on Verizon. Um, All right, over in Davis Tampa Bay, we know gold, Emilio Pagan was the closer last weight. year for Kevin That's Cash, and now he's over in the West know, Coast with the Padres shipped during the offseason. So that means Nick Anderson might have a, a chance there to fit into the equation as closer. What do you hear? Not even close. At least Kevin Plahar batted. Yeah, I think it's going to be the equation. I do think Nick Anderson probably front runner. We already have a closer based on Kevin Plahar clone Randall Great Show. Um, <laughs> when it comes to anyone else, I'd go Teoscar. I think uh, they're, they're, it's really a make or break year for him. They got to go with Fisher as the fourth. Um, obviously, because there's trade capital there from them. You know, from joining the team. They, they love him. Um, I personally would go with Alfred. I love him. Everybody knows that. The athleticism in there. I think they're going to go Davis, personally. And if we're capping it at five, there's your five. And he's got Diego Castillo with closing history. Yes. He's got I, I think even with this roster being closing grand, history, the way it's going to be, you and they like to use Alfred on their this, pitchers yeah. in high leverage situations you know, against the best matchups. I figure that with the way they have the play limit at the DH Tampa, spot, it's not you like you're with the Yankees and go, okay, Chapman's the closer. With, bench, with Tampa, they do a lot of mixing, matching, matchups late in game. No, I agree, and I think everybody out of this is probably where they'll go. It'll be 50-50 between Jonathan Davis and Anthony Alfred. All right, Jim, can't leave out the National Let's talk about the Cardinals, which have some right, question Craig, marks kinda, with left field and closure. How do you anticipate you could list, they'll plug like, in so some many of those guys things, you're excited about when you go through the infield as well? And you see uh, names like Espinel, Groshen, Kevin Smith, Dylan Carlson, and you go to the outfielders, you're like, Forrest Wall? Like, sure. <laughs> like, July. fine. Celebrate Let's see America what he can do. And he was a part of that Sanwano trade, so I get that they want to see if he can do anything. I don't think he'll make it, but... I just rule it out. Like if he has himself a good little camp, just ride with it and let him develop a little bit. Because didn't he get promoted to Buffalo towards the tail end of last year? He had a very um, good resurgence in minor league season overall. Kyle Tucker's a right. so, He actually looks like he might be more than a throw in 2020. 
23 he was pretty high up in the Rockies the organization, organization, and then he had that down year. played 50 games over two seasons in Houston during the minor time. He was on their in minor leagues, crushed it two years. Triple A shout out to the Fresno Grizzlies. I think you're right. Yeah, so Forrest Ball was pretty highly regarded. People starting to catch on though. Maybe he makes it, but more than half of the CBS Sports leagues, but less are confident in starting him. Potential is there. Be interesting to see what first year skipper Dusty. I just don't think. They're going to give Alfred the shot, and it's unfortunate because I, I don't want to get political here. But he's kind of making some insider some noise, Bowden, for lack of a better way to put it. I don't Kyle mean it in a negative in a way. He's, he's game having some really good political discourse under with what's going on um, in, in America, and he's he's making his well, voice you know, heard me, and not that I'm saying the Blue Jays should take advantage of that past, but it would be a really big shame if they don't give him a shot right? and we, we see the athleticism there the athleticism has always been there I've been on record to say I think the most athletic person or player rather on the entire roster and this includes the system right now athletic he's definitely not the most talented right field right now he's on the last of his contract he came the spring training one out in really good shape and played well. And Kyle Tucker yes. at this point is yeah. going yeah. to have to wait for opportunity to come. So it sounds to me <laughs> so like it's just getting the fundamentals in Houston that Reddick yeah. will start it's in right. fundamentals in the hitting. The hitting especially. Um, I'd like to see the shot. An and if he's not going to get... Tucker he's not going to prove his, his worth for the team. Like to me, based on my at least trade him to a team Baker, that could actually utilize him and maybe develop yeah, him be a little bit because better. Houston, one of That's my hope is to win the World Series so it's not like a, a bad team where you can just throw out a young player Tampa, make him an all-star. It still would not shock me one bit The Blue Jays' Nate Pearson showcases some really electric stuff during spring training 1.0. On your show, Adam, before you joined us, and Craig, we talked about this before, I said long ago that if they do let go of Anthony Alford, he makes really big moves just because he has all the tools so to be a very good major leaguer. And, and one of my best friends who's there you go. massive in baseball, Save I trust him on everything. And I've said this to both of you. I can see him following the exact we'll same career path everything. as Lorenzo Cain. Be a late bloomer because they Try have all the identical tools. And Lorenzo Cain figured it out in his late 20s. Like Tucker let him go, right, Jim? Give him a shot Blue Jays. Nate Pearson showcasing some really electric stuff during spring training. The guy we all hope what are the chances he's got I, I, a rotation spot sure locked up here in summer? I'm not sure if he'll get that shot. Well, well, when I like to talk to the GMs well, and the presidents to get that answer like because when you look at his stuff, you think he's definitely going to be in the rotation, right? I mean, look no further than home, though. Look at Bautista. Talk about a late bloomer. How many teams did he jump around? Was it Orioles, Pittsburgh, Royals? a bunch of teams before he actually I made his mark with Toronto. President, Maybe Toronto's not the place for Alfred, but there is an organization out there that I think can utilize him well. And get I would not decision. In other words, they're not going to worry about yeah. service time, yeah. and uh, this new super regime, status, free agent status. If he's ready, he'll be in the rotation. Because there was a long time, guys, that we couldn't manager. And basically, he said that his concern right now is the help of the players. None of them know what the players are going to look like when they get the team. So years, their biggest job right now is getting into camp, make sure they're healthy. Yeah, I think he's good. He got first base. He was. Very jolly. Bottom line, they haven't made a decision. 
as but far as it goes, Blake Griffin has a chance, and looks very solid but he's got to pitch well when he gets to camp. And Interesting in the midst to hear that. that you, Jim, could obviously, be that Vlad same situation, Jr. but you are you're not trading for Certainly that situation was handled uh, differently, by the way, happens. with Pearson. The Blue Jays limited and him to about 100 innings last year coming back from a fractured forearm. When he's healthy, he's proven that he can do All right, over in Tampa Bay, we know Emilio Pagan was the closer last year for Kevin Cash, but now... Enough gushing on our love for Anthony Alford because I know we get usually carried away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the infield is a completely different story. This is a your bottom end of this roster right now is George Brosians and Kevin Smith because I'm sorry I'm not counting Ruben Todd. No, <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> and um, we'll talk about this in a minute too with current events as Blue Jay stuff goes. But Brandon Drury. Uh, yeah, options. You know, I really don't know what to tell you. What you know, I don't even pitchers, think if I had Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox have won three consecutive Cy Young Awards, both Hall of Famers. What are the chances to grab <laughs> towards that group him. in 2020? I know, and yeah. I don't know why. They love strong. Call me crazy. absolutely does it. I faced this guy plenty of times before. Right, this guy's super smooth and fluid. And the ball just jumps on you and is deceptive. He's already throwing upper oh, mid to upper 90s, and it Glad plays up to 100 <laughs> to the low 100s. It just gets <laughs> on you that hard. That was, and from now, what I remember, that it, look good. at his slider too, which is oh, just yeah. a devastating <laughs> outpitch. You don't pick up the spin on this guy because he has such a so, high fellas, spin rate. All right, I, 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 I expect him to be competitive all year. I expect him to be just as good as he has the past two seasons where he posted a two ERA over two seasons, over 500 strikeouts, over 420 pitch. He's healthy. He's out there. He's dominant. And this is all during but some of the, the launch that angle came era. Up on Home here. runs I was spiked. Shocked offenses have spiked. And this guy has I remained really constant. Like yeah, he's the favorite to win it again. He lost 300. And last year, the Mets became just the fifth team in National League history to have the Cy Young and Rookie Simeon of the Year win on the same team. Pete Alonso led Major League Baseball, set the rookie home run record with 53. What do you expect from him in year two? Obviously, you were expecting to chase I love him. This guy, all right, he's going to have the furthest thing from a sophomore slump. Now, I'm going to even throw a number out there. I think he leads the National League in homers with 23 in 60 games. He hit 20 in 60 games last year, and he didn't have the luxury of being a DH for some of these games. So he's going to be DH will be his off day nowadays. He won't be sitting the bench because... Uh, yeah, I mean, Woods Richardson is probably near the top of that list, if not at the top. Alec Manoa as well. Um, they may both have the stuff to be able to compete and potentially make uh, this roster in the bullpen. But I, 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 to be honest, guys, I'm very intrigued to see what Julian Merriweather can do. I know that that return for Josh Harrison was... Absolutely, Extremely yeah. Anytime you lose your number two starter, I don't care what team you're on, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt pretty Jack bad. Flaherty no one's a leader in that clubhouse and a leader in the rotation. Uh, so bad. I think, but with that being said, I think Marcus Stroman slides right in as well. If you follow Mark on social media, he's had a lot to say with everything that's going on in our nation right now. He's one of those guys that feeds off of animosity. He uses it to fuel his fire and his motivation to Make him the fiery competitor that he is. So I think he uses use that, like that to, to have Marlins a great doing season. Not, not to mention he has really uh, good stuff as well. Now at the end of that yeah, rotation, I love the addition of Michael Walker. Now this is one of my good buddies. This is someone I've been able to talk to throughout this whole process with his injuries, his surgeries. He changed his mechanics. He felt really good in spring training. So this is the best he's felt since his first couple years in the big leagues. Not saying a lot considering how good he was in St. Louis those first couple years. I played against him in the World Series. 
was a young guy. Yeah, where right and, now it looks like a came up on the big like. stage and did really well. <laughs> and I think he gets back to that. Mr. Corsair. As for the ace of I know this might be a hot take, but it's not for the reasons only two that may Randy seem Johnson, Greg obvious have won at first. I am surprised they brought Hall of they Famers. included Nate uh, Pearson in this. Not because I don't think he deserves it, but because we were talking about service time, time and everything before. I thought they were going to right manipulate it. I really did. I thought they were going to just Travel now, purge him down to, to make sure that extra year carry over, carried over. rather. I, I didn't see it. I wasn't faithful for, towards it, so I am happy that he's on there. Um, whether or not he actually gets a look, that's a different story. But Manoa was the one I was healthiest coming down the stretch. The Nationals were coming off a remarkable run and led to their first ever World Series title. Some of this just seems like to me, and I'm trying to read between the two leaves here. With this litany of pitchers that we're looking at, how confident are they that there's going to be an actual season and this isn't just more extended training to see what they have in these you know what I mean? That's where my thinking is. That's why you see a lot of these young names on here being like, okay, even if we do play a handful of games, we can toss them out there to see exactly what we have. There's a good chance the winner of the NL East won't be decided until game 60. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to have. It's completely roll the dice at this point. Why not roll on the You could be playing double-A games. Literally, you could be in a month. 5,000. They love him. They are his Ben Sobers. Like, that's all he is back to them. They love him. When you trade J-Hap, when you trade J-Hap for I mentioned Mets are one of ten. Oh yeah, with a new skipper. What are your expectations for Rojas in the first season? That's true. It's like a bad car, yeah, man. No, They're gonna run it right to the ground. Really well, okay. mainly so, because of two things. I have to tell you guys. So there's a lot, there's a lot less pressure so this year than a no lot of other seasons. Your regular 162 game season. There's and a lot more focus Indians on the global pandemic and keeping everyone healthy. Let's be honest. And secondly, like you said, he's been in the organization for 10 years. There's a ton of players in this on the team, on the big league team that are comfortable with him. They made it clear when they got rid of Beltron because of the issues with Houston that this was the guy. The like, players wanted the him. They wanted Alonzo came out instead. We well, want this guy to be our manager. That's going to play huge in a season where a tremendous is that division. All right, if they respect the manager a little bit more than yeah, the normal, new maybe they don't go out and party after a game in the in the city. It's really unfortunate that I saw this tweet. It's really unfortunate that they're canceling the, the minor league season because now we're not going to see the Tigers uh, until 2023. What's the impact of not having Syndergaard and from the Mets rotation absorbed him being out? One of my uncle's wall. I'm joined to the Windsor. All right. 
need each other more than ever. Yeah. We may be apart, but we're not alone. So strong There's the way AARP it used to be. community connections you know, to find or create a mutual aid group near you. Stay yeah. connected and help those in need. For anybody. Maybe it was in his head. Um, uh, maybe New York yeah, was too much to for him. I, do you expect him to bounce back and hang on to the closer's job? Mm. I do. Spin, right? And you know what? This takes me <laughs> oh, back yeah. to a conversation so when I was, I was playing for the Rangers. Dude, my locker mate was a guy named back, Adrian Beltran. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yep. Probably a Hall of Famer. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Let's be honest. You know, he said, look, we we're, in the, the we're sitting in an advanced meeting. And he said, look, don't even swing here. I have a chance. I don't even have a chance. That's a Hall of Famer saying that. All right? This has been more of a mental thing than physical thing. He came up in the league, made a splash, did really well. Because he's nasty. He's unreal. Like, yeah, somebody and then, supposedly, you know, the league kind of figured him out. Yeah, he did really good then he got in his own head. I can attest to that. Yeah, I've lived it. I came up and I played the first so, couple years in the big leagues, played really well. And be, then there was a book on me. They figured out how to pitch it. And that's really tough to struggle for the first time at the major league level. I think the pickup of Dylan Batances is going to be a huge help for him because he's going to bring his experience of pitching in big games and pitching at the back end of a good bullpen. And I think that rubs off on him and helps him out a lot. Yeah, and hey, another guy about Back. You want Cespedes, like last time, when, I think it was you, Craig, that said heel surgeries, this is both fractured right ankle. Like, he's healthy. This is, you uh, could say it's huge, team all you huge, want. big, a big team. thing for the Mets. That really resonated with me, and I was thinking about it. I was like, that you're, you're we right. know the Mets win total. If I were to rank the, the top three players right now, obviously, in no order right now, it's Vladdy, Bo, and Kevin. Like for the core, not in terms of ability, just the core of the team. Um, you could throw Nate if you want, but he's not really on the team. I would. Say, and maybe this is a hot take. Maybe it is, but in terms of overall ability, no, I would go both Kevin Vladdy. Did they go on over that? Not that hitting, number, and where hitting, do you have obviously, the finishing in the division. Hitting Vladdy runs away with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's talking overall ability. I both sides of the, the diamond. I'm going with both Kevin Vladdy. And when yeah, I think about him, like, yeah, Bo is probably really the high on this best team. overall talent Good we have pitching on this and team right hitting now. And I think he has a lot of big league like baseball games. I agree 100%. They're going to have a lot yeah, of fun. I really and, like their um, starting rotation, as we talked uh, about. From I think scouts, the back end of their bullpen uh, is going to be very good. Uh, I think Batances, he's been throwing MVPs. I think he's going to be ready for the season. Him setting it up. And all that value added up. When you probably look at the more and seasons. And then just that offense, that lineup is good for 139. Well, I'm going to call you crazy. Winning the division. That. I already put and money the speed down aspect of it, so you can make a we can we can make a bet if we want. So he's uh, been to it respect your opinion. Mets yeah, are yeah, minus too. I'm so sorry, I'm hosting this segment, so thing, I'm just you know, telling you, Mets are winning. The fact that we will do that. Text me later. Appreciate it, Will. Good stuff. Appreciate giving the Mets fans hope. Hey, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Every July 1st in 2011, the Mets dish out 1.19 million Bonilla. We last played for the Mets in 1999. In 2000, the Mets agreed to buy out the remaining 5.9 on Bonilla's contract. Contract, but instead of paying him the 5.9 at the time, the Mets agreed to make annual payments of nearly 1.2 for 25 years, including a negotiated 8% interest. The deferred contract extends through 2035, only 15 years to go. I think he's fine. It's going to be fun to see what those guys will do, even with this shortened full season. That Hopefully they're growing up a little, right? That's really what we're hoping for. If they do, that could be as good as a playoff appearance, or maybe we're at five months, ready to run into it next year. Fantastic. That would be best case scenario, for sure. Yeah. So, Baron, you kind of alluded we to it for the injured list. 
that is Whatever's already next is now official for the Toronto you. Blue Jays. We won't go into reasons why because there isn't any reasons why. But I, <laughs> I think you can all dot your lines together. Uh, Twenty twenty continues to be weird. First base, a position of yeah, sure. not a lot uh, depth in Elvis, fantasy. That Luciano, certainly wasn't the case uh, traditionally, Perez, Jim. All right, Jonathan moving on to another Davis team in the division, the Cardinals. When we look at them specifically with their lineup offensively, what do you like? Probably mostly though, what you don't like. I mean, yeah, I think the Cardinals team in terms of pitching. The question is, can they generate? They lost Marcelo Zuna in the Braves. They're going to miss his bat. No question about that. And the question is, will opposing teams pitch around Paul Goldschmidt, who by the way didn't have a great first year in St. Louis? That's the biggest question mark in storyline of the Will they have enough offense to hold off the other good teams in the division, including Cubs, Reds, and Brewers? Because That's I don't know how much you guys know about some of these guys, right, but Blasio's got a real all young kinds of tools, and we've been kind of waiting for him in the minor leagues to have that breakout year like Anthony Alford did two, three years ago. Hasn't really materialized yet, but then uh, Patrick Kibblehan, I think, hit 25 home runs with Buffalo Bison last year, so... There is some extra depth there, I think, that will be translated very good to a bench spot if need be. Not everyone has the credit card answers you're looking for. The experts at NerdWallet compare hundreds of credit cards so you can shop the right card for you. From low rates to no annual fees, for all your credit card questions, turn to Nerds. Fellas, I want to talk to you about these rules close All right, not bad there, by the way, former league MVP. All right, fantasy players for the Cardinals laid out for us, please. For Major League Baseball, the short 60-game season. Adam Corsair, how do you feel about that? Take what do you late think in the second round, early in the third yeah. round. I look at uh, I think Bueller, in the, general, the let me answer your last question first. This is going to carry over. I think this is going to be the thing that we're going to see in both leagues for the future and where it's going to deal with it. Myself, as a purist, a little bit of a purist, look, I'm all for finding creative ways to reinvent the game, not change the rules. Mm-hmm. of the game but this is one of those things where you're kind of reinventing it you're not necessarily changing the fundamental aspect of the game you still have nine and nine it's just a kind of weird position um it's a hybrid position we all know what it is um i don't hate it i think that pitchers do they really even try to hit in the national league really i mean unless you're marcus Stroman, are you <laughs> really trying really, say it. <laughs> really you're you're up there not swing you're told not to swing Really, you are. You're told not to swing to, you know, and try make to make sure you don't get hit. <laughs> right. You, you're you don't want to risk injury running or swing. Just don't even bother. For me, this puts a little bit more competitiveness in the National League. It makes things a lot more interesting. And it actually broadens up the pool as to where traditional DHs can sign now, which is beneficial to the players. So for me, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of long overdue. This has been flirted for how long? Um, yeah. Basically, sure. since the first one. <laughs> sure, the universal DH, sure, but the other rules I'm kind of iffy about, but we can get to those later. But universal DH, whatever. Brendan, how about you? What are you thinking? I, I love the universal DH. I think it's overdue. I think MLB needed this as an excuse to implement it to just get away from the actual legitimate um, purists who are going to be pissed off at this mm-hmm. uh, and not like it, but... I think tough Adam, luck. your point, yeah, tough luck. But I think <laughs> Adam's Adam's point is probably the one that I resonate with the most is that you're going to have 15 new jobs for aging players who can still hit bombs. And the top of that list for me is Edwin Encarnacion can maybe play until he's 41, 42 if he's still mm-hmm. hitting 30 home runs a year. 
because he has 15 more teams to choose from. Exactly. (laughs) So this will extend careers for guys who, when they get into their late 30s, and I I don't want to say can't play the position anymore in the field, but would benefit from sitting down like a Kendris Morales or a Ned Wynne that can still hit you 30 bombs a year because their bat is still there. That's 15 more jobs to choose from uh, per year. I think it's a great thing, and people's careers will be extended because of that. So funny enough, I'm actually diving through the 15 best DH options for the National League teams right now. And guys, one has already stuck out to me who's already in that same situation as what you were just talking about, Brendan. Hunter Pence is back with the Giants, fellas. He can't stay healthy. But when this guy is healthy, he still has no issues putting the bat on the ball. And I, I had him for a point last year when he was with the Rangers for my fantasy baseball team. And that for that period there, he was batting like 350 and had, had a, you know, driving in runs for a really crappy Texas Rangers team. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody like him automatically all of a sudden becomes the golden goose because you could just want him up, go him go out there and run into a few baseballs and maybe only play the outfield to spell it at the guy for a day, you know? Yeah. Or Daniel Murphy for the, Colorado Rockies, something like that, right? You know, and, and also this sort of, not just for opportunities for players to sign, think about how much this broadens the trade deadline and how much more interesting this makes it, right? If you're a National League team that needs power before, you needed to find a spot for that player in the infield. Now you can just kind of slot him into the DH. And now this broadens up the pool for, for trades to be made amongst all 30 teams. So, this is actually pretty beneficial when it comes to trade deadline wire, like hot stove stuff. I really like, mm-hmm. especially off season. Like this is the more I think about it, the more I I'm really welcoming this. Yeah. Brennan, what say you as far as who could possibly be potentials? I think the, what NBC sports is reporting is the best option is for a pure DH is the nationals actually keeping Howie Kendrick in the fold and in the lineup period, because one thing Howie Kendrick can definitely do is hit. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if the DH in the National League was implemented two years ago, three years ago, Chris Carter, who hit 30-something home runs, I think even 40, who went the next offseason without finding a team, would still be in the major leagues. And that's mm-hmm. valuable as a DH if he can hit 40 bombs. And thinking of the Brewers, I thought of Justin Smoke, who just signed there too. And you go look at their infield list right now on their 40-man, and you have Justin Smoke, you have Jed Jerko, and Ryan Healy, all guys who yeah. could benefit from playing DH because none of them can field other than Smoke. Not, not um, to mention the aging Ryan Braun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so guys like that, you don't you don't have to plug Braun into the outfield anymore, and that opens up a spot for Abisail Garcia. As I, I'm on the Brewers 40-man right now because I thought of that, and if you put Braun at DH, then you have an outfield of Lorenzo Cain, Garcia, and Christian Yelich. And yeah. that looks a lot better than having Ryan Braun out there. So it, it's, it, it is beneficial. No matter how many people will be upset with this, you're going to get another hitter on your team that can hit you 30 bombs potentially because there I, are enough of those guys to go around. I got one of those 30 bomb guys here for you. Yeah. And that's now have an extra power option by keeping Giannis Suspedis healthy and in the DH spot. Hmm. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and I do have a rebuttal on your Chris Carter thing. I saw him play the following season because he got picked up late in the spring training by the Twins, 
And so he played here in Rochester, actually, to begin that season. And guess where he stayed? Because he couldn't his way out of a brown paper bag all of a sudden. He was batting. <laughs> stayed in Rochester. He was batting in August and played every game with the, the Rochester Red Wings up to that point. 198. Oh, God. Jeez. Had 20 home runs, though. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. <laughs> so, but I, I just, I agree with both of you that I think this, it's, it's a good change for the game. And it infinitely makes the World Series, I think, that much more hard yeah. to navigate in late innings. You almost get that toss away by having that, um, having to worry about pinch hitters and everything like that in a National League game where you're just ripping runs right through your bullpen to the point where you got Nathan Abaldi pitching way too many innings against the Dodgers. <laughs> you know, it's, this is a more efficient way to keep the pitchers doing what they should be doing and get the hitters and some more excitement. There was obviously an uptick when the, the American League went to the DH as far as having more runs, and it was a very noticeable amount of runs difference. You're talking about ways to, in, you know, invigorate some, you know, excitement into the game. Not having to watch a guy at bat, you know, gets enough at bats in a season to be a pinch hitter and only bat like 105. Yeah. <laughs> that will automatically give you that much more, you know, pop in your lineup. Not to mention, guys, some of these lineups are going to look a lot deeper with these names that we were just talking about on this list in the National League, and it turns a few of those lineups into something scary. Mets lineup included. So. Yeah. As far as other it's, changes, no, go ahead. It, it's just going to be nice to not have. This would happen every few seasons, maybe less or maybe a little or once a season or whatever, but a pitcher getting injured from trying to hit a baseball when they shouldn't be doing that. This is going to help maybe marketing side of this, where you market your players, be like, hey, you can see Max Scherzer, barring an arm injury every 32 or once every five days because he's not going to get injured swinging a bat or Jacob deGrom. They're going to be out there just focusing on pitching uh, and getting through. And this will be a test for those guys too, who have made a living off of national league pitching uh, predominantly. So uh, it's, it's, it's great for that regard too. Pitchers should pitch. They shouldn't hit. (laughs) Yeah. So on the flip side of the coin, where we think this is good for the game, the other major rule change is the in extra innings we start with a runner on second base doesn't matter which extra inning so as we go over regulation guys there will be a runner on second base until somebody wins what do you think about that one brendan uh i i'll bring up our discussion from when we put up rob manford on trial two weeks ago uh yeah call more bullshit but also just him trying to speed up the game or he's implemented stuff that we necess- didn't necessarily agree with, so we only got half a star. I think that's another one that may decrease him to 0.4 of a star or a quarter of a star. Just be like, ah, come on, guy. Like, people love you being meant- uh, the baseball fans love being able to watch free baseball for a yeah. little while longer. Why not? Like, why speed a couple it up? more beers? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, at a minimum, right now, you guys mentioned the baseball purist. I think there's a, the DH was already something that was probably going to inevitably happen anyways. Yeah. This is something completely out of left field. Adam, I can see the wheels turning. Go ahead and lay it in, man. I hear a rant coming. Well, <laughs> first of all, just for clarification, who is the runner at second? Is it the previous out? Is it the... the how do you dictate who... Go, I, I'm sure there's a formula. If it's anything like softball, it's the previous out 
Yeah. Right. So that I would make that sense. That would be how it would work. Whoever made the last out the inning prior, and it right. starts the inning with a guy on second. Right. So that person go to second. Um, I hate it. So I, I just I don't <laughs> I like really it. Feel it. I, I I don't like it. I think that it's just it's calling it's admitting to as the commissioner of the game, you're admitting a fault in your game. And and I understand that could be advantageous sometimes, but you know, when you're placating to these people that the game is too long and you need to shorten it and you need to make it more exciting. I understand that, but to give a team a clear advantage just to start the game, which is sort of arbitrary. And it goes by like, if you're the visiting club, you have a complete advantage right now in, in extra rating. Cause you're at bat first, right? You you're yeah, there the right? team on the ropes right off the bat, right off the bat. And at, at that point, what's, is home field advantage like even a thing if you're in i know you get the last available chance to to win the game but still you're giving the away team the first opportunity to have this advantage i'm not sure i like that um i don't know i just think that this is too softball for me and this reminds me a lot of like when when in softball at least where i play if there's a a girl if a guy is batting or something and, and he walks and a girl comes up, that guy or the girl, whatever, goes to second base. It's yeah, all weird to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I never just like, agreed with either because all like my team can hit. Yeah. <laughs> I want them hitting. <laughs> what are we doing here? This is stupid. So, so for me, I just I, I don't like it. Just play the game, man. Just play it out because in extra innings, especially in the postseason, dude, I hope that if this is just a regular season, then fine. Like, I can live with it. If this happens in the postseason, it's like the shootout thing in hockey. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> like, the whole point of extra innings, especially in the postseason, dude, I'm white knuckle in my chair. I, I, every at bat counts. And if you're in a World Series and you're starting someone at second base, what are we even doing at this point? Yeah. There are no notes on the press release about it being okay. universally for the playoffs or just for the season. Yeah. I agree with you that if it's a playoff game, I'm sorry, you should just keep hammering on each other until somebody finally figures yes. it out. Yes. Um, very similar to hockey. Like I was saying a second ago, that's how hockey plays. In the regulation games, they have a shootout after, you know, a couple of overtimes. Right. But then in the playoffs, it doesn't make a difference. There is no shootouts unless it's a penalty shot. Okay. So they just play and play and play five minute, four on four hockey <laughs> at a time. And so they find how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I just think you're taking too much. This is too far of a step. I, if you want to find ways to do this, this is a minor league test move at point at minimum at the most, mm. I think. Mm. And then you would have seen how people were like, Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> they didn't earn that guy out there. So <laughs> what is it? Right. How does that guy, you're telling me on that guy's stat line that just happened to be more or less the ghosty on second, right? Remember those rules playing stick yeah. ball in the backyard, guys? Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me that guy is going to earn a run scored on his stat line just for being randomly placed out on second base right. and having being drove in. It just seems weird to me because they didn't, he didn't even earn that base at all. He just said, oh, yeah, by the way, it's not a walk. It has nothing really to do with the game. We're just going to toss him out there. Yeah. It's very, very asinine and backwards to me, especially with how baseball is. You know, it doesn't save any time to me at all. I think it's going to still last just as long because what I'm seeing is you're going to see in that extra innings, instant small ball. Which mean, nobody's waiting for a home run. You're going to see him bump the guy over a fucking third and then get a sack fly to get in. There's going to be just back and forth bullshit like that the whole 
until somebody finally can't capitalize and gets knocked out with all three outs from moving that guy over safely. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of little squeezes, little plays and things like that. To take advantage of that guy that's already on second base. Brennan. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I, uh, I don't like it. It's, uh, too gimmick as long as long as they do it like hockey where yeah sure we can have this during the regular season but don't put the runner on second base when it's in the playoffs you gotta yeah. you gotta legitimately win your way there like come yeah. on shoot shootouts there's some chances for hockey teams to win when they were not the better team throughout that and that would be the same thing with um going into extra innings but yeah don't don't give them that extra advantage in uh, in the playoffs yeah so, fellas, I think that pretty much puts a bow on the normal stuff for this week. What do you got? Either of you have anything you would like to add to this wonderful show that we have had so far? Uh, Steinbrenner said that 20 to 30 percent of their capacity may be able to attend games. I can't see that happening at all. Um, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I don't know why that's being said. Yeah. Uh, this goes contrary to the very good faith uh, conversations that the PA and the MLB had. Um, this is, I just think it's lip service for New York, but otherwise, uh, no, I got nothing else. Not to mention, don't the Yankees have enough money already? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Come on now. I did realize we did forget to talk about Dome Sweet Dome and the fact that we are actually going to be playing, you know, spring training games in Toronto. I called it. <laughs> you did. Staying at the Rogers Center, I called it. <laughs> With what's going on in Buffalo lately, I'm not shocked. Yeah, I've seen those videos. <laughs> so, uh, Brendan, I guess give me your feelings on the, you know, being the lone actual Toronto resident on this show. How do you feel about the Blue Jays coming home? It's it'll be nice to know that they're there and can play at home. Um, it's encouraging that the government on all levels gave them the permission to do this. I still don't believe that they'll be given permission to welcome teams from Florida whenever they have to play the Rays. I'm not sure where they're going to be playing the Marlins, if that's going to be in Miami or if that's going to be in Toronto. Um, so both of those, they'll play Texas. The, they'll play quite a few teams from some legit, like some massive COVID hotspots. Um, yeah. So at, at that point, the, Shapiro said today on a conference call, I think it was, that if, they, if they're not given that permission to play regular season games at the Rogers Center, then they're going to play back down in Dunedin. Uh, yeah. And then it's all going to go to crap again. Right. And that just kind of makes you realize that I don't think Buffalo was ever truly considered. And if one good follow on this is Mike Harrington, who's mm -hmm. the Sabres uh, and on his Twitter bio says MLB columnist as well. And he's followed this story to a T because obviously they could be playing in his own backyard. And yeah. a lot of it is because um, the lighting isn't necessarily the best for night games um, at Salem field. Uh, but also just the clubhouses uh, are too confined where you can't properly social distance. Mm. So that's yeah. likely why Buffalo wasn't considered more. So um I mean, I could see them getting permission to welcome teams if they stay at the hotel. They have access to a restaurant that's there if they really want to go down and grab a pint after a game, even though baseball players don't really do that anymore. Um, and yeah, you don't have a gym at a pool. Anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it'll be a lot of uh, policing and trust in the players themselves to make sure that they don't sneak out to King West in Toronto to go to a patio because patios are open for a drink or anything like that. So I I think at this point it's 50-50 if they'll be able to play regular season games. I think it's fine that they can train here because as long as they stick to the Dome and the Dome only, that's fine. I have to imagine the whole convenience of Roberto Alomar used to live in a hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Why can't the rest of the team? (laughs) For sure. So, Brent, um, Adam, I know you were uh, talking about this on Twitter earlier. I got to let you get your two cents in. Yeah, I just don't think that Florida is a great place to be, period, right now. It's 10,000 cases were uh, announced today, 10,000 plus positive cases today. Yeah. Um, And they're even considering the idea of going back there if things don't, um, you know, work out. If Toronto isn't a long-term thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just, maybe this is kind of too out of left field. But and I know there's some you know issues with with this construction and maybe it's just not the best of ballparks. They only do it three games a year. But is Montreal completely out of the question? That that's that would be interesting question. if they could look into that. I wonder if they even considered Montreal because you're only talking thirty games, right? In all reality, and not to mention weren't the Tampa Bay Rays already having that whole conversation anyway? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if they were going to build a new stadium and then move, but if they're going, was it it's Olympic, right? Is that yeah, where they're yeah, yeah sure. if 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 they're gonna play in Olympic, if they if it's available, which I'm sure it is, um, and they get clearance to do so, I don't know, Brendan, you would know. Is this a a countrywide thing or is it just designated to the province? Yeah, it's it, I, if the 14 day quarantine is countrywide, as far as I understand, um. Province to province, you don't have to have a quarantine, but obviously you're coming in from the United States or an okay. international country, so you have to have yeah. that. But so yeah, I guess it wouldn't matter. Then. Well, just to throw yeah. that out there, we even have quarantines between states now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys, that's mostly Florida's fault, but we'll we'll see how well that's going to work. Yeah. But they don't even want to. They want even if you're driving over the borders in the states to try and you know quarantine yourself the best of your ability while you're traveling. Right. All, right, All yeah. I'm going to say is I won't see you guys probably until 2022 because I have a hard time believing the borders opening before yeah, September right. 2021. <laughs> I miss you, buddy. <laughs> I know. I'd love to see you guys and have a beer in person and watch a game, but that doesn't yeah. seem like it's happening. Although I could fly down there. That's a loophole. Canadians can fly into the U.S. if they wanted to, but you can't drive. Can't drive. No, you know, you got a, pl- a free place to stay here anytime. You know Man. that. <laughs> yeah, like the 20 minute flight it would take to get from Toronto to Rochester. <laughs> yeah, worth that's it. exactly it, right? Get those white claws, <laughs> worth it. Yeah, that's you got right. a few vacation days you got to burn, Brennan. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Maybe over Fly down here, rent a car, stay here for a little bit, or vice versa, and then drive to sure. you know, the other one. <laughs> yeah, I can pick up all my booze that I want to pick up. Worth and it. your uh, Pedialyte, right? <laughs> <laughs> that too, absolutely. Oh, the flavors God. you can't get here. There you go. So oh, I guess Montreal does you owe, make a difference then. Yeah. yeah. You owe Adam some ketchup chips then. Yes. Dude, $14 <laughs> for absolutely. a big family bag Dude, on Amazon? I'm not paying $14. I'll send you a bag. I'll, I'll send you down some bags. I, I'll definitely do that. I'll make <laughs> you it. a trade. If you send me... The Pedialyte I would like, I will send you down a few bags of ketchup chips. There what, what's, what's, what's the Pedialyte you like? What flavor? I uh, The Sparkling Rush. If you can find the Sparkling Rush Cherry, that is incredible. You don't like grape? Grape's so good. 
The grape. I, I mean, I tried. I haven't tried the grape one. Uh, I'm I'll send you. A, I'll send you a bonus grape. <laughs> okay, deal. I'll send you like five bags of ketchup chips. All I right, don't know how you guys good. drink that shit. Just saying. <laughs> Right, it helps. It, it, it hydrates you like crazy. It it, it, it I understand it hydrates the shit out of me, but for somebody, literally, the only two like beverages I ever drink are you know, oh, sorry, I'll take three: beer, liquor, and just water. I don't drink anything really. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just guessing I'm hydrated enough as it is. So. Seltzers, man. Chumbo oh, that morning in Buffalo, Brendan, there was definitely uh, a need for it, but that Pedialyte almost oh, yeah. sent me the other direction all over again. No, that's that's not doing what it should be doing. <laughs> this ain't good. No, Craig, keep drinking it. You'll be fine. No, where's the yeah, water? Don't. It's like laid down underneath the sink in the bathroom. <laughs> Telling me we're overstocked with PDLA at the CVSs down here. I got you. Bro. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, All right. we'll we'll coord- we'll coordinate that. Hundred percent. I'll sure. do that. All sure. right. So notes for next show. We need to get on Pedialyte for a sponsorship and in, in Labatt's. All right. <laughs> and, and ketchup chips, whatever brand. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Lay's ketchup go. chips. There you Lace go. Ketchup <laughs> chips. All right, fellas. Uh, so I'm going to say that's pretty much the time we have, unless one of you got something else in or you want to do another promo for somebody that I'm not aware of at the moment. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good to go. Us. <laughs> All right. So anyway, because it has been too long and we haven't been able to do this, cheers to actually we get to have baseball again, hopefully. Cheers. And the fact that it's a holiday weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Figure it out. And until next time, fellas, let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.